Hey folks, I'm so glad you decided to tune in again today for another faith-filled message brought to you by the partners of the Peckville Assembly of God. We could not do it without you. We're getting this gospel message out as fast as we can on as many networks and voices as we can to help empower people by the power of Jesus Christ. We could not do it without your faithful partnership. If you do me a favor and let people know about our broadcast, help us uh, either by word of mouth or sharing it with them on Facebook, whatever it might be. We truly appreciate all of our partners. We pray for you each and every day. Hey, drop us a line sometime. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned. We're coming live at you with the word right now. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 that he has redeemed us from all the curse of the law. All. Somebody say all. Well, what came in with the curse? Sin and death, sickness and disease, and poverty and lack. It's threefold what Jesus did. Redeemed us from all the curse. Every last bit of it. His blood is sufficient to take care of uh, diabetes, <laughs> take care of blood pressure, to take care of cancer, whatever it might be, whatever you have need of, know this, his blood is more than sufficient. And his blood has already paid for it. I said his blood's already paid for it. So the devil has no right harassing you if you're God's property. Let me ask you this. Can the devil harass God? Can the devil do anything to harm God? Well, now, if God lives in you, which he does, what do you think the devil has any business doing harassing and harming you? Come on, you're God's property. God lives in you. If he can't do it to God, he's got no right doing it to you. Now look, he'll try. He'll try his best. But his best, it wouldn't even take one angel swatting one feather his way to knock every bit off of your body. Come on. Not, well, not even one angel swatting one feather his way. Come on. Would send him running for the hills. But here's the thing we got to understand. We got to believe it by faith. I said we got to believe it by faith. We have to take it by faith. There's somebody in the room tonight, a couple weeks ago, I was preaching like this, like I always do, and they went home, they've been dealing with dizziness, terribly, I mean, on medications, whatever, they went home before bed, and they said, just, as he said tonight, I'm standing in faith, this is the last night I'll be dizzy. He came to me last Saturday night, he says, I haven't had a need of any medication for dizziness. The Lord took it right off me right then and there. Yeah, praise God. So whatever you're believing God for, just release your faith. I said, just release your faith. It's really that easy. You know, people make it out like it's some complicated thing. You know, like they got to scream and shout and roll and dance, whatever, and all that stuff's well and fine. I got no problem with any of that business, but I'll just tell you this. The biggest thing is you got to release your faith. You got to take it by faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible. Watch this, impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe that he is. That he is what? A rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Whew. You know, I, I often wonder what all these uh, mainline denominations do with a scripture like that. I really do. What do you do with that? Well, you know, God put cancer on me. Well, then either God's a liar or you're a liar. Come on. Either God's a liar or you're a liar. God's not putting cancer on anybody. God's not putting sickness and disease on people. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, John chapter 10 and verse 10, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Life more abundantly. You know what that means? Spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, emotionally. Every area of your life, Jesus died to redeem you from all the curse of the law and bring you into a place of abundance. Come on, into a place of abundance, of overflow, 
of more than enough. Come on. We, like we read the 23rd Psalm at funerals, which is fine, but do we really believe what it says? I said, do we really believe what it says? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not, or I shall not lack. Whew. It's the same thing. It's the same Hebrew word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I shall not lack. Hallelujah. Imagine if we actually believe that rather than just reading at people's funerals. Well, he was a good man. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Come on, tell the truth. Is this what we do? Like, there's nothing wrong with reading at funerals. If you want to read at your funeral, we'll read it for you. Amen. Praise God. I got no problem with that. But what I do have a problem is when we read God's word and don't attach faith to it. Come on, we read God's word and don't attach faith to it. And so we go, what we do is, truthfully, if we're not careful, we become very religious, right? And I don't like religious people. I just say it for what it is. We become religious and we start reading God's word out of obligation or, or saying God's word because, well, that's what we do at funerals. Or that's what we do at weddings, right? We'll read 1 Corinthians, you know. Love, you know, conquers all things. You know, whatever, right? Which is fine. I, I'm not against reading at funerals and, and weddings and whatever. But what I am against is just that's the only time we do something with that scripture and then we never attach faith to what God's word actually says. Because God word, God's word was never written just for funerals and weddings, believe it or not. It wasn't just written so you have to read it every day. And because if I don't read it every day, God's going to smite me. No, you're better off not even reading it. I just offended somebody, but I'm being honest with you. You're better off not even reading it because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So you come to a place of, no, I'm doing this by faith. I'm reading this word by faith. I'll tell you what, when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, I'm praying in tongues, I might not know what I'm saying, but I believe I receive by faith. I believe by faith, God, as I'm praying in tongues, that you're putting a download in my spirit. And I might not need it today, I might not need it tomorrow, but I know I'm going to need it at some point in the future, and it's a download of wisdom you put in there. And then I pray like this. I said, Lord, make sure it gets from there to here and out of this. And then, truthfully, come on, we got believers walking around. Well, I just don't know what to do. Come on. Think of how many times today you said that. I, I don't know what to do in this situation. I don't, that's not true. The Holy Spirit lives in you. The Bible says in John 16, 13, how be it the spirit of truth come. He'll lead you and guide you into all truth. Wait a minute, rather than confessing, I don't know what to do, why not say, Holy Spirit, show me what to do. Whew. Holy Spirit, you said you'd lead me and guide me in all truth. I need to know what to do in this situation. I need to know what to do here. And you'd be surprised how quick that wisdom would come right to your mind and out of your mouth. Oh, come on. Because you're not speaking doubt anymore, you're speaking faith. I said, you're speaking faith. Look, I don't negate problems are real. Problems are real, amen? But I, what I do know is the Word says we have a greater one that lives on the inside of us. That's greater than any problem. That's greater than any sickness, any disease, any bit of lack, any impossible situation. After all, that's where God, God seems to show up the most is impossible situations. It seems like that's his operating table, really. <laughs> when it looks like we sing about it here, when my back was against the wall, you made a way. You made a way. He always does. I said he always does. Always. I mean, I come on, folk. I love you, but you're not that important. <laughs> to me, somebody said, no, you're not that important. I'll tell you why I tell you that. You're not so important that God's about to fail you. I just said that to catch all your attention, get you off Facebook. <laughs> you're not, he just said I'm not that important. Who does he think I am? 
No, no, you're not so important that God's about to fail you. God's never failed anybody, sir or ma'am. Think about the millions of years, and he's never failed anybody. And you think he's going to start with you? You just ain't that important. Come on, he ain't going to fail you. He loves you too much to fail you. Come on, he's too good of a God to fail. You understand God knows no failure. Not one bit of failure in, in the fiber of his being. He's never failed. I mean, think about that, never failed. And you're worried about what? Come on, let's be honest. You're worried about what? I'm trying to help you here. I'm not trying to come condemn you. I told you there's now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I told you last week, condemnation is an enemy of faith. It's an enemy of faith. Because when you get in that condemnation nonsense, it gets you right away from releasing your faith. You get lost in who you really are. Come on, don't make me tell you about the Lion King again like I did last week. Right? Baboon hits the water. Look a little closer, see who you really are. Here's his father's voice. I've always been with you. I live on the inside of you. Hey, I caught a revelation in the Regal Cinema last Friday with my wife. I'm telling you. I, hey, if you're open to listen, I'm telling you what, you can hear the voice of God anywhere. You can see God just about anything. Come on, God's always speaking. God's always moving. His Holy Spirit is always moving and hovering over the earth. He's waiting for us to speak. He's waiting for us to act on something. And when we act out in faith, His Spirit's what enables us. His Spirit is what empowers us. When you understand, we sing stuff like, I, I live and I move and I breathe because of your Spirit in me. It's your breath in my lungs. If we actually believe the stuff we're singing, if we actually believe the stuff we're saying, everything about life begins to change. Come on. All of our circumstances begin to change. You walk into impossible problems and situations. By the way, we walk into a lot of them around here. <laughs> Just look and see what we're trying to do by faith here. Amen? When you walk into situations like that, you won't hear me, my father, anybody else around here confessing, I don't know what to do. I don't know how we're going to get out of this. No, no, no. You're here to confess just the opposite. God, I thank you I know what to do. I thank you, Holy Spirit, you've given me the wisdom and guidance to get through this thing. Holy Spirit, show us what we got to do next. I told you last week, I did it between an inspector and a plumber out there a couple weeks ago who couldn't figure out what to do between the two of them, and I said, I know what to do. I'm not a plumber or, or a building codes inspector, amen? You might think differently if you come around here on a Monday or Tuesday, but I promise I'm not. I told you last week, my father still thinks I'm a plumber, amen? There's a backed up toilet, who do they call? Amen. And it's not Kyle. But the Holy Spirit... When he's on the inside of you, hallelujah. And he's always, I, I guarantee God has spoken to everybody in this room before. Watch this. How many of you have ever said, I got this feeling in my gut? Right? Now answer me this. Where does the Holy Ghost reside? Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And how many times, let me ask you this. How many times, if you would have trusted your gut, was it the right thing? Or the right outcome. Come on. Right? And we're walking around saying, man, I should have trusted my gut. No, you should have trusted the Holy Ghost. It was God speaking on the inside of you. We got too many believers running around, well, you know, trying to tune into, you know, 88.3 with these two ears or whatever, right? And say, I need to hear God's voice. I need to hear God's voice. No, God's already spoken. He's spoken through his word, but his spirit's on the inside of you. And when you learn how to listen to the voice that's deep down on the inside, come on, somebody. You start listening to what's down on the inside of you, what God's depositing you, you'd be surprised how many times you get it right. Come on, I'm not trying to be prideful. I'm trying to be honest with you. I, I don't get things right because of Tyler in the flesh. I get things right because the Holy Ghost is on the inside of me. And when I listen and I'm obedient to what he's speaking on the inside of me, it's amazing how things just fall right into place. It's amazing how you know how to say the right thing at the right time. 
It's amazing how you know how to step out and take the right opportunity. Make the, watch this, make the right investment. Oh, man, make the right investment. I, I got a preacher friend years ago, uh, 2008, nine, whatever it was, when the market crashed. He uh, has quite a bit of money on Wall Street. He's a businessman. And he literally met with all these different presidents and these different things, and they're trying to all tell him where he should put his money. And he said, I need three days. Well, you got to act today. No, no, he says, I need three days. i got to consult God on this. Started praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. He came back. He didn't invest not in one company they told him to invest in. In fact, he picked a bunch of them that were like total losers or appeared to be total losers. You know, when that market crashed, he's one of the only people that didn't get touched in that whole thing. In fact, he made money. Whew. Yeah, I'm telling the truth. The president, the president of Bank of America showed up at his house on Christmas Eve with a huge fruit basket and asked him, do you know what the predictions might be for next year? Have you talked to the Holy Spirit lately? I was like, this is the truth. But when you have consulted God, imagine this. You realize God lives in you. I said God lives in you. He lives right in here. And if we could learn to listen to the still small voice on the inside of us, that'll lead us and guide us and direct us. Watch this, he'll protect us. I said he'll protect us. I told you last week, uh, now it's two weeks ago, Holy Spirit woke me up early in the morning and said to me that something bad was going to happen. He was trying to protect me to an asset of mine. And truthfully, if I'm being honest, I didn't listen. I went back to bed. I really did. And I got a call about an hour later about an asset we have getting wrecked. Now, the Holy Spirit tried to warn me about that an hour before, but truthfully, I was too dog-tired to listen. Come on, you listen all the time. I was too dog-tired to listen, amen? And I said, I'm going back to bed. And truth is, about an hour later, I got a phone call, somebody crying that they wrecked something. He was trying to protect us. He's a protector. I said, he's a protector. He's a helper. He's a comforter. He's an advocate. Put it up there for him. Show it to him. John chapter 14. Hallelujah. Just trying to recap a little bit from last week and show you who the Holy Spirit is. Amen? I said show you who he is. I'll tell you this. Now I love great preachers. A lot of them are friends. But I'll tell you this. You don't have to wait till the next great preacher comes to town to hear from God. You don't have to wait till the next evangelist comes or the next who's who in the charismatic zoo comes around to hear something from God. Amen? Come on, amen. You could, God wants to fellowship with you each and every day. I said, he wants to fellowship with you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you. After all, the Lord is my shepherd. If he's really the shepherd, that means he's leading the thing. I said, that means he's leading it. Shepherd's got that hook. You start getting out of line. You're going to grab that around your neck and pull you back in line. Amen. Come on. That's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your, and lean not on your own, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your path. It's called trust in the God that lives on the inside of you. I said trust in the God that lives on the inside of you. You know, I grew up in church, and I used to hear folks say stuff like this, Joey. They said, man, if my prayers would, I don't even think my prayers hit the ceiling, right? That's something people used to say back in the day. I don't think my prayers even hit the ceiling. And so when I caught a revelation of this years ago, I used to look back at him and say, they didn't even have to go that high. God lives in you. He lives in you. 
They don't even have to make it to the ceiling. We got a big ceiling in this place, amen? They don't even have to make it all the way up there. In fact, they only got to go right here. He's inside of you. That's why the Apostle Paul was continually trying to teach over and over again. Do you not know that you're the temple of the Holy Ghost? Do you not know you're the temple of the living God, that God dwells on the inside of you? This body is just a shell encased in a spirit is on the inside of it. And guess what? It is intertwined with God's spirit. Your spirit is directly connected to God's spirit. Catch a revelation of that. Your spirit is directly connected to God's spirit. If you could see it, in the, it's almost like this. Imagine that. God's spirit's right here. And Jesus, that's just what he's doing here in John 14. He's getting ready to tell them, guess what? I'm about to go, but it's better for, for you that I do go. Come on. It's better that I leave you. That's what he tells them. His disciples are like, what are you talking about? This has been the best gig we've ever had. Come on. We go, we go into places and people know who we are. Come on. Jesus, everywhere we go with you, miracles are taking place. Blind eyes are popping open, deaf ears, lepers are getting cleansed. Come on, people that have been uh, crippled 37 years have jumping up and walking out the place. Pick up your mat and go home. Okay, just get up and walk. Miracles at Jesus. What do you mean it's better that you leave us and another one comes? What are you talking about? I mean, imagine the conversation going back and forth here in John 14 between Jesus and the disciples. What? Have you, have you lost it? Come on. We're on, I could just see Peter. We're on the cusp of greatness. Right? Bull. We're on the cusp of something great here, Jesus. What you're doing is revolutionary. We've never seen anything like this. They've never seen this in all of Israel. And Jesus, you can't leave us. We're just, this thing's just starting to heat up. Right? The greatest revival's about to take place. Jesus, what do you mean it's better that you go so another one could come? I mean, truthfully, let's just envision this with me for a minute. We're here with Jesus in the flesh. And he's saying stuff like, it's better that I go. I ain't letting you go. I used to fight a little bit back in the day, Jesus. If I got to pull these sleeves up, me and you, you ain't going anywhere. Come on, right? I don't know about you. Maybe I'm the only one that's still not totally sanctified there. I'm going to wrestle that guy before he gets out of the room. Right? Hey, if Jacob wrestled him, I'm going to do the same thing. It's biblical. You know what I'm saying? You are not leaving till you bless me. You aren't going anywhere. Come on. Put yourself in this circumstance. You're in flesh with Jesus, who's going about, we hear about in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all. Somebody say all. Who are oppressed of the devil. We're with that Jesus in the flesh, and he's saying it's better that he leaves. You aren't going anywhere. As, you know what I mean? Come hell or high water, you ain't going anywhere. He says, no, it's better that I go. So I could send another one. We don't want another one. We want you. Come on. Come on, let's be frank. We want you. Don't send another one. We've heard about one to come for thousands of years. We got you here. You're not going anywhere. Come on, think about this. Since the beginning of time, we've heard about this one that's going to come, and he's going to crush the serpent's head, right? And the, the foreshadowing this one from every book of the Bible, and now you're here, and you're saying, it's better you leave? I don't think so. We're not waiting another 5,000 years, 10,000 No, no, no. You're not going anywhere. You're staying right here with me and the disciples. But he says, it's for your benefit that I go. When you begin to understand everything God does, hallelujah, he's about your benefit. 
I said, he's about your benefit. You understand? He said, it's for your benefit that I go. You understand God sent Jesus for your benefit. God is looking to bless his children, folks. It's for your benefit. Constantly, Jesus, you don't understand, I told you this before. Jesus could have showed up at 33 years old, lived two years, two years, two weeks on this earth, died on the cross, and still accomplished everything he, he needed to do. But instead, he came healing people with blind eyes and deaf ears and dead children, making the lame walk, cleaning the lips. I mean, all this stuff to show you and I that he forfeited his godly attributes and came to earth as a human being who was full of faith, anointed to the Holy Ghost. Remember the story? John the Baptist, the Holy Ghost descends on him. Full of faith, anointed the Holy Ghost, and going about and just working miracles. He was trying to show you and I a pattern that he was trying to model for us, for us to live out. That there is a greater power that's going to come on the inside of us, and it won't only be on the inside, it'll be upon us too. And we could go about and work the same miracles. In fact, in John 14, 12, he tells you, you'll do greater miracles than I've done. Jesus said that, not me. If Jesus didn't say it, I'd maybe question it. If there was a verse in the Bible I was going to question, it'd probably be that one. Come on. You'll do the same things I did and even greater. What? I, honestly, if there's one, one verse that throws me for a loop, it's going to be that one. Same things and greater? Whew. Jesus, I don't know if you understand or not. Come on, right? Say we're living here with this guy in the flesh. <laughs> same things and greater? Jesus, in case you haven't noticed, you're the one we've been waiting for. Ground control to Major Tom. You know what I'm saying? You're the one we have been waiting for. And we're going to do the same things and greater, and now you're telling us you're leaving us? What? I understand, like, you know, I like the idea, like, I was down with you a couple verses ago where you said you're going to build a mansion for us. Brother, sign me up. Right? Come on. Disciples are probably on board with that one. And it's like more and more as he goes through John 14, verse after verse after verse, it's getting a little further and further and further. Whew. I'm just recapping for some of y'all that weren't here. Build me a mansion, and you're going to take us with you there? Amen. I said amen. How about you? Maybe I'm the only one. Come on. He wants to build me a mansion? I've seen what he's done. Come on. I'll take your mansion. It's better than any mansion anybody else could build. Praise God. So I was on board for that one, right? And I'm on board, but yet now you're telling me we're going to do the same thing in greater? Okay, now you got me guessing this a little bit. The doubt's kicking in. Come on. And the truth is, if you and I would all be honest, you read a verse like that, and you're like, oh, that's, you know, that, that's a little eccentric. It is Saturday night. Doesn't he realize that? That's a little bit extreme. Come on. That's a little bit over the top. I didn't say it, he did. Those are words written in red. I said, they're words written in red. And then he goes on to say, it's better that I go for your benefit. So wait a minute here. Time out. You're telling me about doing all this work, and then you're going to leave me? Come on. You just gave me a job to do, and you're telling me you're going to leave me? He says, for your benefit that I go. For your benefit. Amen? Pick it up here, uh, Nathan, in verse 15. If you have it. 
I'll read it right from that. I like the Amplified Classic because it really helps you understand. I'd encourage you, if you don't have an Amplified Classic, it is a great Bible to have. Amen? Not that there's such thing as bad Bibles or good Bibles or whatever. Uh, I'm using the ESV, but I also really like the Amplified Classic because it really helps us all understand and communicate what Jesus is trying to communicate. Amen? So he says, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commands. Well, I better move on. There's no amens there. Let's move on, Nathan. <laughs> Good Lord. You look like y'all can throw some darts at me. I didn't say it. He did. Amen? Verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another. Another what? Comforter. Watch this. Counselor. Helper. Intercessor. Advocate. Come on, somebody. Strengthener. Oh, I love that one. I'm going to flex my muscles when I say that one. Strengthener. And stand by power. Whew. Leave that verse right alone there, son. That word in the Greek, what that actually is, is parakletos. What actually means that someone is on assignment to help us, to aid us, to empower us to do something. In the Greek, that's what it says. Somebody on assignment to help you, to aid you, hallelujah, to direct you in doing something. Oh, catch a revelation of that. That's what lives on the inside of you. It's not just, well, you know, Monday to Friday, here we are on Saturday, Tyler will do his thing, hopefully he lets us out, you know, before too long. And, uh, you know, then we might come Sunday, depends on how the weather is, you know, maybe we'll just go to the beach again or whatever. Look, and I'm not anti-vacation, but know what lives on the inside of you. I said, know what lives on the inside of you. People hear me preach about you have dominion and commanding power and creative power and all this stuff, and people look at me starry-eyed because clearly they don't have a revelation of what lives on the inside of them. I said, of what lives on the inside of them. I'm a, come on, we all love First John 4, 4. We treat that thing like a 44 Magnum, right? Greater is he that's in me than anything that's in the world. And that's very much true. But what does it say just before that? It says, little children, do you not know you are of God? And you have overcome them. What Overcome what? It talks about all the spirits before that. Spirit of Antichrist, spirit of the spirit of that. Look, because the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. I said the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. Come on. I'll ask the Father. He'll give you another. Another what? Comforter. A counselor. Come on, a counselor. Answer me this. What kind of counselor? Well, maybe, I, I don't know. I've never been to a counselor. but I'm not, I won't say it. They do grief counseling on Monday nights. Praise God. Amen? If you need counseling, come to grief counseling Monday nights. What time is it at? Six o'clock. And they have a tremendous group. I mean, tremendous. And then down the hall, they have a, I don't know what it's called. It's like AA. What's it called? Overcomers Outreach. Excuse me. I'll call it something wrong and somebody will get mad. <laughs> Do that stuff all the time. Amen? But they have these sessions constantly, right? And people come. And in fact, I think you call it sharing, don't you? Grief sharing. And what people do there is they share, right? They talk and you talk, right? There's got to be a two-way street. I said there's got to be a two-way street. Now watch, watch, just wrap your mind around this. Counselor. Counselor. One who wants to have conversation with you on the inside. One who wants to counsel you in the things of life. 
I said, in the things of life. You understand, you know, where do you get off on it? Second Peter chapter 1. It says that he'll give you all things that are profitable to life and to godliness. He wants to counsel you in everything. I said, in everything. Come on. Helper. My folks could use some help. Come on. You're too proud to admit. I ain't want help from anybody but the Holy Ghost. Come on. I don't want an imitation of, and that's no smart on anybody or anything. I, I don't want any kind of imitation. I want the real deal. How about you? Come on. I want the real deal. How about you? I want the real helper helping me. The real deal, folks. Helper. Watch this one. Intercessor. Intercessor. Connect that one over to Romans chapter 8. You don't have to turn there. Leave this up. Romans chapter 8. Where it says you don't even know what you're praying when you're praying in the Holy Ghost. You got these groanings going in on the inside of you. Hallelujah. But what it is is a spirit on the inside of you is actually connected to God who is in heaven. I told you your spirit and God's spirit are intertwined. So you don't even know what you're praying. But that's okay. You're believing you're receiving by faith. Because I told you you got to do this thing by faith. Y'all believe and I'm receiving. I'm receiving downloads from heaven. I'm receiving revelation on the inside of me. I don't even know what's in there. You know, truthfully, I spend a lot of time praying in the Holy Ghost before I preach. Everybody uh, prepares differently. And I'll tell you like this. I, look, I could do the hermeneutical, theological, you know, whatever type of sermon for you you want to hear. I really can. I, I've been trained that way. I have degrees in that. I, I could drop the Bible open and give you seven points to start with P. And I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. I'm not attacking anybody. But for me personally, I like to spend a lot of time praying in the Holy Ghost. I like to spend a lot of time, and I'll tell you why. Because then I put the pressure on him to put the revelation in there. Oh, man. When I was in Bible school, they said, you can't preach like that. I said, oh, yeah, watch me. I'm only paying you guys so this piece of paper is done. Then you ain't telling me what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Amen? Well, the correct way is people want to hear something. That everything starts with people. Look, I got no problem with that. But for me, man, I'm going to get so full of the Holy Ghost and get such a revelation of who he is on the inside of me that words for P, you know, with P have no, no weight bearing on my preaching. I, what I care about is being anointed. What I care about is getting a revelation on the inside because you can't have manifestation on the outside until you catch revelation on the inside. Want me to prove it to you? You couldn't be saved until you had a revelation of salvation. The Bible says you've got to believe with your heart, confess with your mouth. And then the Bible goes on to say, how can one believe? How will they hear if there's not a preacher who's sent? Then they say, how beautiful are those, the feet of those who preach the good news. I said, my wife, see that? My feet are beautiful. She don't like feet. I said, my feet are beautiful. You got to try clipping my toenails sometime. Amen. Let me let you know how well that worked out. That went over like a fart in church. Amen. <laughs> Intercessor. Hallelujah. One that's deep down on the inside of me. That while I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, I'm praying that thing out. He's catching that revelation for me and depositing it. Catch this. I couldn't be saved till he gave me revelation of Christ, the Savior. There's a lot of people that are sick because they don't have revelation of Christ, the healer. Come on. There's a lot of good Christians on their way to heaven and they're sicker than uh, the heathens. Because they don't have revelation of Christ, the healer. Because if I didn't know that by his stripes I've been healed, past tense, how could I be healed? Come on. How could you be healed? 
If you didn't know that Jesus bore your sickness and disease on Calvary, how could you be healed? And don't tell me those prescriptions are healing you, because if they are, why do you got to be on them for life? I'm not anti-doctor, don't hear what I'm not saying. A lot of my friends are doctors. But why do they have to put you on one after the other after the other, and you go in your whole life on this thing, and you never get any better? The thing never really goes away. It's like putting a Band-Aid on it. Right? But when I caught a revelation of Christ the healer, and it's always his will to heal. I said, it's always his will to heal. You understand the scripture says he will. He says stuff like that, just very simply. That's his will. I mean, that's his will. You understand everywhere Jesus went, he healed folks. Everywhere. You know the only place Jesus had a hard time doing miracles? Only place. His hometown. And you know why? I love the scripture tells us, for all the people that try to come against this type of doctrine, the scripture tells us he could do hardly any miracles because of the lack of unbelief in his own hometown. And he went on to say prophets without honor in his own town. But oh, if you could get people's faith level up. I said, if you get people's faith level up, anything's possible. I said, anything's possible. You get people to believe, God just shows up and does it. I said, God just shows up and does it. That's why when I'm preaching Christ the healer and I'm hitting that thing, I get people's faith elevated to a point of believing God for healing. It's amazing how miracles just start taking place. It really is quite simple. It's nothing I'm doing. I'm just preaching to you. Your faith's getting elevated because the Bible says faith comes by hearing that by hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So your faith's getting elevated as I preach whether you even know it or not. And your faith gets elevated to a place where you say, you know what? Christ is the healer. Today's the day. I'm taking my healing by faith today, right now. And you walk out different than you came. I said, then you walk out different than you came. Intercessor. I'll tell you this. You couldn't really be blessed until you have a revelation of prosperity. You really can't. You might think you are. You're not. I mean, honest to God, you might be scratching the surface. But God has so much more for all of us. I said, God has so much more for all of us. <laughs> my wife will tell you, my desk at home, which I don't see much. But I have a desk at home, and it is covered with stacks of books on different things. I told you last week, written by different people, most of them who are dead, on different subjects, because I want to increase my revelation on that subject. I want to grow in that revelation. I'll tell you, years ago, when I caught some of Papa Hagen's stuff, it changed my life forever. It changed my, my family forever. My father was preaching two weeks ago. What, he showed you that Bible somebody gave him. And the inside of it's got Papa Hagen printed on the inside cover of it. I'm telling you, you need somebody to pray with? I need somebody to pray with before the service. You know what I did? Put him on on YouTube, him praying in the Holy Ghost for about 45 minutes. So I said, hey, I'll pray with him in the Holy Ghost. So I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, Papa Hagen's praying in the Holy Ghost. Why not? Come on. Because the revelation he had on the inside of him was so far ahead of his time. And people try to crucify them for it. They still do. And they don't even realize what they missed out on. Because what you criticize, watch this, you immediately disqualify yourself from ever sharing it. I'm telling you, you better watch who you're talking about. Any man of God, just leave them alone. If they're doing something wrong, God's a judge and a jury, not you anyway. The Bible says the devil's the accuser of the brethren. And I tell my wife this quite a bit. I said, it seems like the church does a job for them. I'm talking about this church. I'm talking about the church as a whole. I go on Facebook and they're ripping every preacher under the sun. They're ripping everything because some preacher has a toy. Who cares? 
Playboy has a bunch of them. Come on, Amazon has a bunch of them. We're celebrating rappers that have them. I saw something a couple weeks ago. We were celebrating Drake to the, to the umpteenth thing. He got a $149 million jet. And, he, and then he went customized and put stripper poles in it and everything else. And he's honored all kinds of women doing all kinds of things. And we're celebrating him on the media. That ought to make you think the media is probably corrupt. That's probably what they're trying to teach your children. You want, I'll tell you right now, my, my baby will be 10 months old next week. You think I'm going to let my child be raised by this world. And this world, it would be a cold day in hell. I'll just say that. There'd be, you know, Satan would be frosty the snowman throwing snowballs. Amen? I'm going to celebrate some guy that's trying to teach children it's okay to do drugs. It's okay to treat women like they're pieces of flesh on a pole. Come on. But yet we celebrate that, and even Christians are okay with that, but a preacher gets something, and all of a sudden we turn into the devil himself. Boy, I can see ugly faces on the other side of that camera. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Praise God. <laughs> but you couldn't... Here's the thing. You'll never be able to receive what God has for you if you don't have a revelation of it. Come on. Remember Moses has a burning bush experience? Come on. He had to get a revelation from God, who he really was. Who he really was, what God really called him to do. And God had to light a bush on fire that wasn't consumed. And what does it say? Moses, Moses. Anytime God says anything twice, you better really listen up, right? Verily, verily. Come on. Mary, Mary, Martha, Martha, like, good Lord, you know you're in trouble. Amen? God says it once, you better listen. He does it twice. I mean, you really better pork you. But he had to give Moses a revelation of who he really was. Of what was our, watch this, hallelujah. The bush was just a reflection on the outside of what was going on on the inside. It was already burning for years in here. In fact, it was put in here before he was even born. According to Jeremiah chapter 1, he's already put it down on the inside of you. And what you see on the outside is actually just a reflection of what's going on on the inside of somebody. You see turmoil on the outside, guess what? There's turmoil on the inside, baby. You see joy on the outside, they're probably a joyful person on the inside. That or they're high. Amen. <laughs> I'm kidding. We were in Philadelphia earlier this week, and people that are on drugs are not joyful. Let's just say that. Right? They're like falling over, you know, nodding off or whatever they call this stuff. They don't look very joyful. They look like they're under a curse being ruled like a slave. And they are. Amen? I said they are. But what you see on the outside is just a revelation, a representation of what's on the inside. If the blessing's on the inside, the blessing will be evident on the outside. If your Savior's on the inside, He better be evident on the outside. God don't have no secret service. I said He doesn't have secret service. Or closet Christians. Come on. That are hiding in the closet. <laughs> waiting for all the big bad people to go away to come out. No. When you have an intercessor. Hallelujah. That's ever interceding for you. The Bible says that Jesus is at the right hand of God. Ever making intercession for you. He's praying for you. It's good if I pray for you. He's praying for you. He's interceding for you. And when you start praying in that heavenly language, well, you're just joining in. I said, you're just joining in and catching revelation of what God already has for you. Amen? That'll help some of you. Advocate. Whew. Advocate. 
Greek word that's used there is actually almost like a lawyer. Did you? That's funny. Is the Greek word that's actually used there is like a lawyer that comes to your defense. Guess what? He's a lawyer that don't lose. I said, he's a lawyer that don't lose. He's better than a Jewish lawyer in Manhattan. Amen? <laughs> Advocate. One who comes to your defense. You know the old homage used to go like this? Though the accuser roar of things that I have done, I know them all in thousands more. Jehovah findeth none. You have an advocate called the Holy Ghost. Call the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And you got a blood covenant because of Jesus. Come on, my, my Italian friends, they're all about what? Loyalty. Integrity to each other. You're loyal to the family, right? Loyal to one another. They always got each other's backs, amen? Amen? <laughs> Let's just... They always are there for each other. And forget if there's a blood covenant involved. If you're blood, you're really part of the family, right? Ain't nobody ever going to touch you. Advocate, you have the blood of Jesus as a blood covenant. And the Holy Ghost is your advocate. Man. I told you last week, condemnation is an enemy of faith. When condemnation arises against you, let the Holy Spirit on the inside say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I have an advocate. Excuse me, I have an advocate. Let's go to court on this matter, Satan. Come on, because you'll lose every time. I said you'll lose every time. I have an advocate who draws a line in the sand and says, wait a minute, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So condemnation, you either take your ugly self and go somewhere else. Doubt unbelief, whatever it might be. No, no, you need to go somewhere else. You have no place touching God's property, and I have an advocate called the Holy Spirit. And the Jesus drew a bloodline, and just like Passover, when they put blood over the doors, the angel of death had to pass over their homes. Well, guess what? You have the blood of Jesus over your life, over the doors of your house, and you have an advocate called the Holy Spirit that'll come to your defense, that'll stand and watch this. He's not only by himself. He brings some angels with him, too. And he'll put angels on the north, the south, the east, and the west and cover all around you. I said he'll cover it all around you. That's why the Bible says in Psalm chapter 90, it talks about angels being encamped around you. That's why in Psalm 91 it says he'll command his angels concerning you. Hebrews 1.14, aren't angels just ministering spirits sent to those who are to be aid to those that are the heirs of salvation? You understand, you have angels around you. You have angels protecting you. He'll protect your stuff, too. Read about it in Job chapter 1. That's why the devil says to God, you put a hedge of protection around him, around his family, around his household, around everything he has. That's the only reason he praises you. And God made a goose out of the devil again. Amen? But you have an advocate called the Holy Ghost. Watch this. Strengthener. 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 I'm telling you what. I could be dog-tired, but when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, it's like something rises up on the inside of you. Rhonda does more than three, four Red Bulls can do for me. Amen? Come on. It rises up something inside you. I'm telling you. And it'll cause you to stand up with a new strength, with a new boldness. It'll cause you to speak with boldness. Acts chapter 4. 429 it is. Speak with boldness. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit strengthens you, 
You'll say stuff you didn't even know was in there. Right, come on, you'll say stuff you didn't even know was in there, you didn't plan to say. I'm telling you, I've told you when I've been preaching. Sometimes I'll make a mistake and say it out loud when I'm preaching. I'll say something and I'll go, ooh, that was good. I didn't know it was in the tank. I'm stop being honest with you. In case you know, I ain't got no notes. I didn't know it was in the tank. It just comes out of there. And sometimes I, I, I don't catch myself, right? You have it on recordings all the time. I go, ooh, that's good. I don't mean I'm good saying I mean the Holy Ghost. I didn't know you put that in there. And I like how that sounded. Usually I'll say it a second time. Amen? Come on. It's true. Because you have a strengthener. You understand there's life-giving force that lives on the inside of you. The Bible says in Romans 8, 11, that the same spirit, the same exact one, that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. And watch this. He throws in a benefit. He says he'll quicken your mortal body. That means my mortal body might be tired. I don't feel like preaching. I don't feel like doing whatever. And the Holy Ghost bucks up on the inside of me. And guess what? All of a sudden, like David said, when the anointing of God hit him, I feel like I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. It's a new strength. It's the same strength that came on Abraham at 85 years old, who when the anointing of God hit him, he was able to run the length of New Jersey in one night. How many 85-year-olds you know running the length of New Jersey in one night? Furthermore, having kids when they hit 100. That's supernatural on its own. Come on. Being able to still move around when you're 100 years old and be physical with your wife, that's supernatural on its own, amen? That would take the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you have a strengthener. You have a strengthener. Well, I'm just so tired. I'm just so weird. Don't, don't confess that. You're feeling tired, weird, just say, hey, joy to the Lord's my strength. But God, you said in Isaiah 40, you said those who wait upon the Lord, you renew their strength. Oh, Father, I thank you that strength shall arise as we wait upon the Lord. Oh, there's a strength on the inside of me. I'm getting stronger and stronger, better and better, day by day. The joy of the Lord will be my strength. Hallelujah. Well, my wife and I were in Israel last year. Nobody knew she was pregnant except for me. Except for me. Amen? <laughs> kind of goes with the territory. Praise God. But we went on that trip, and you've flown that many times. You're from Israel. We flew El Al. Praise God for that airline. You know how I knew I liked that airline? We got on the airline. When you go to pull out, they do the normal demonstrations, right? And then what, what should they say? Just so everybody's aware. They've never, by the way, El Al is the only airline in the world they've never had an issue with. By the way, it's a security threats. I can say it like that. They say, just for everybody's comfort, right? And I'm paraphrasing them. This plane is armed with missile defense. I mean, you're flying on a Dreamliner 787, a couple of Rolls-Royce engines, and that baby's armed with missile defense. Let me tell you something. I felt good. You fly this thing over whatever hostile country you want, baby. You know what I'm saying? This thing from 35,000 feet is going to blow something up, and I'm going to keep sleeping right over top of it. Come on. I felt good. How about you? Look, you're flying over hostile areas, and, and people aren't so... You realize Israel doesn't have a lot of friends. Just turn on your TV sometime. Armed with missile defense. Oh, I felt good about that one. I like that. I wasn't allowed to carry my gun on that thing, but boy, did I feel good on that plane. I'm like, that's right. Anybody mess with this, you're going to die. LL Airlines. Say it again. They immediately put their parachute on, and they go, and they pray. Yeah, they have people praying on the plane the whole time, which I felt good about. 
There was no tube of demons that day, amen? <laughs> oh, somebody going to get mad at me over that. Whatever. Put it in your pipe and smoke it and move on. We flew from JFK to, to Tel Aviv on LL. And that's a long flight. I think we caught, I think it was 10 and a half going that way, but coming back without the tailwind, it was more like 13. But it was a wonderful flight, amen, with all my Jewish brothers and sisters, amen. I had somebody tell me this week, he said, oh, you're Jewish, aren't you? I said, yeah, I am. I just smiled. I got Jewish blood now to Jesus, amen. I, I didn't lie, I tell him the truth, praise God. And now we're, we automatically get good deals, amen. So we're flying. And it's a long flight. And you leave JFK, say, at like 10 o'clock at night or whatever it is. And you land there, and it's like 7 in the morning. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm going to go to bed. Naturally, we left on a Sunday, too. So we ministered on Sunday, did the whole thing, right? And I was dog tired. But truthfully, I was awake most of the flight. I was reading books and doing things. Once I'm up, I mean, I'm up. I got there, I'm like, man, I'm ready for a bed. I was sadly mistaken. They get you in that van, and they start that tour at like 7.05 a.m. I'm being straight, right? You've been there. It's very true. And like by about noontime, I'm starting to get that lean on. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm like, this is like 30 hours. This is very interesting, and it's beautiful, and I love the whole thing, but I really should have slept on the plane. I'm thinking to myself, I should have my wife drug me. That's what I thought. Feed me a Benadryl. Whatever's going to knock you out, Amen. And then I must have really started getting the lean on because the guy who manages the tour said to me around 3 o'clock, he goes, you want to turn in early today? I don't know if I ever said yes quicker in my life. And so we went and uh, turned in. But about that trip, it's a little rigorous. It is. It's a wonderful trip. It's the great, one of the greatest trips I've ever been on in my life. I love Israel. I can't wait to go back. Amen. Brings the Bible to life. It's, it's tremendous. It really is. They're, we're going again in February. I say we're because I'm not supposed to go yet, but you've got to have a pastor for every so many people. So if we get enough people going, this boy's going again. Amen. But uh, you know that out of that trip, the food's phenomenal. Everything was great. But a whole bunch of folks got sick. You know why? Because they let their strength get depleted. Because what happens when your strength gets depleted? Right? It's like the line of defense comes down. And you get sick a whole lot easier. You know who the only two people are that didn't get sick on that whole thing? Me and Carolyn. And she was pregnant. She was pregnant. Flew all them hours up through the... She didn't throw up not nothing. She, she knows she never complained one time she was pregnant. I drug her all over the world. I mean that. We were in uh, Israel and Pakistan and Italy and France and England and Spain. All over the place. She never complained one time. Never once. She only stopped flying when the doctor told her she had to. I mean, she's a saint. Amen? I hear pregnancy is not exactly an easy toll. Thank God I'm a man. Praise God. We're the only two didn't get sick. You know what my confession was? Every day. Lord, I thank you. You're making me stronger and stronger. I thank you, Lord. Your strength is upon me. So even if I don't have the physical strength, I thank you. I'm getting strengthened by the inner man. And I start singing, the joy of the Lord's my strength. I sang, made up this little song, I'm getting stronger, stronger. <laughs> day by day, Lord, you're making me stronger and stronger. It was our confession the whole time we were there. We're the only two to get touched. 
You know why? Because you have a strengthener on the inside of you. He's waiting for you, folks, to release it by faith. He's waiting for you by faith to confess. You know what? I have a strengthener on the inside. Body, you have to get in line with what the Word of God says. If the Word of God says, I have a strengthener, then this body's got to receive some strength because strength will arise as I wait upon the Lord. So, Lord, I've been waiting. It's time for this strength to arise. Lord, I'm going to sing for joy like you told me to do, and then you said the joy of the Lord is going to be my strength. So I'll sing till that joy hits me, and as the joy hits me, I feel myself getting stronger. I feel myself getting lighter. I feel myself getting better and better day by day. That's what we're confessing, better and better day by day. When you get healed, watch, because the enemy will try and come back and steal your healing. You make your confession, no, just as it says in Job, this affliction shall not rise a second time. Symptoms try to rise, no, I'm better and better. Day by day, I'm stronger and stronger. The joy of the Lord's my strength. I've been healed. By whose stripes, past tense, Lord, you already did it. Satan, you're not stealing it. Strengthen her. Watch this. I love this one. And stand by power. Stand by power. You know what I did today? My wife, somebody blessed us with tickets to go to the Pocono Raceway. And the races are always on Sundays, but the truck races are on Saturdays. And I still have a little bit of redneck blood in my body. So my wife said, do you want to go to the NASCAR race? I mean, that was a no-brainer, amen? Clear whatever's on the schedule. Especially I could take my nine-month-old daughter. You got to start them right, folks. You got to raise them right. Start them young. She was loving that thing. I put my, uh, my shooting headphones on her. So they're totally noise canceling. You know, all you people think I'm, you know, dragging my baby down there and these trucks are going, but like, no, we, we use our heads. Amen. Stand by power. We had a blast. Won some hats. Won all kinds of stuff. Won a little, you know, you take a baby places with you. It's like a magnet for stuff. People go, oh, your child's so cute. Can I give you something? I, I, I'm being honest with you. They're giving her a matchbox cart. She's like, look, you know, nine months old. What is she going to do with a matchbox cart? Yeah, so they gave us like three of them. I said, well, I got one for Grayson and one for Clayton or whatever. You know what I mean? They even, General Tire gave us hats. What's she going to do with a hat? She's nine months old. I said, well, the hat fits daddy. Praise God. We'll give one to Uncle Dylan. <laughs> I mean, all this stuff, right? But here's the thing. We get down there on the track in the grandstands. And these things are like, you know, a gazillion horsepower, Right? And these things are going 200 miles an hour. But the funny thing is, that truck's got all that power underneath the hood. Or that NASCAR. But if that driver never gets in there and puts that thing in gear and steps on the gas, what a waste of horsepower. What a waste of horsepower. What a waste of a machine. Come on. I like horsepower. How about you? I'm still a man. Amen? Come on, we need some men who are still men nowadays. The days of John Wayne would be okay again today, amen? Come on, how many of y'all like John Wayne? I think that's why I like Brother Copeland so much. He reminds me of John Wayne. He's just got that kind of rough, kind of rugged cowboy thing going on. I love it. It reminds me of my grandfather. My grandpa Clark was the same way. He loved the Lord, but he'd still punch your teeth down your throat, amen? I think I got a little bit of him on the inside. <laughs> But these trucks, man, are ripping by 200 miles an hour, all right? And at Pocono, if you don't sit up top, or if you're not in the infield on somebody's camper, you're only seeing that truck every couple seconds, right? And then you don't sit. They call it Tricky Triangle. Y'all ever been there? Two or three of us. What's wrong with the rest of y'all? It's right here. It's loud and fast, and it's very manly. Amen? 
I, I, I'm telling gospel truth. I had a guy tell me the other day, he, we were supposed to meet, and he says, I, I got to reschedule our meeting. I said, no problem. He goes, yeah, uh, I got a manicure. I said, what? You rescheduled a meeting with me for a manicure? I said, here's Kyle's number. You can meet with him. Amen. <laughs> you imagine? I don't know. I was just raised differently than that. You know what I'm saying? If the girls went and got their nails done, that's something. Us guys never went and got our nails done. Or toenails or any kind of whatever. Right? Amen. Maybe it's not a thing nowadays. So we were up there at a racetrack. And these trucks, I'm just so impressed by this stuff. It's loud. It's fast. It's everything I like. Amen? Come on, my Harley is so loud. We had a guy here at the office the other day. I went up the road to get something and came back. He said, was that you on that contraption? I said, on what? I, I wasn't being rude. I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, on that motorcycle. I said, oh, yeah. You like that? He goes, no. I can hear you all the way to Wegmans from here. He's going. I said, no, I love it. I said, now, sir, if you can hear it, what do you think the deer are hearing? That's what I told my wife anyway while I had to put those pipes on there. I said, honey, would you really want a deer getting out in front of my bike? So if we put these certain kind of Vance and Hine pipes on here and this kind of air intake, right? There won't be a deer within miles. Worked on her. Amen. <laughs> Stand by power. There's power available to you at all times on the inside of you. Morning, noon, or night. The Bible says he never slumbers and he never sleeps. You know, you know the Bible says that, Psalms? He never slumbers and he never sleeps. I mean, I don't sleep a lot, but he don't slumber and he don't sleep. And he's always available to you. I said he's always available to you. I ever tell you that story about the guy with a chainsaw? He bought this saw. He was a lumberjack. True story. He bought this saw. He was cutting trees by hand still. Remember when he used to get a guy on each end of the saw and cut? How many guys remember that? Show me your hands. Well, we have some old people in this church. Amen. No, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. So they got on, right, one on each end of the saw, and it saw and saw, right? And it cut these trees down. So this guy, this guy came down to what they call a steel dealer. And he says, I need a new saw. And he says, oh, you ought to try one of these things out. You'll, do, you'll cut 100 times the amount of trees with this thing. He says, oh, all right. So he bought himself a big old 66, right? He comes back two weeks later. He says, he brings back that saw. He says, everything okay? He goes, this thing's a piece of junk. He says, what do you mean piece of junk? He says, you said I cut 100 times the trees I cut. I ain't cutting nothing with this thing. We've been trying for two weeks. We can't cut any trees. So the salesman looks at it, there's gas in it, I don't know. He said, well, let me try and start it. He pulled that thing, that thing started, rawr, rawr, rawr. that guy jumped back about five feet. He says, what in the world just happened there? He says, sir, you got to start the thing. He was trying to cut, this is a true story. He was trying to cut the trees without the engine running. This is a true story. Watch this. How many believers do the same thing? How many believers do the same thing? They got power available to them 24-7 on the inside of them. And it's like the engine's never running. It's like the NASCAR race I was at today. It's like you're in the driver's seat. God has put you in the driver's seat. He's given you unlimited horsepower. Come on. I mean, man, <laughs> my wife's Cadillac moves. I have a Mustang GT. That thing moves pretty good. 
Imagine unlimited horsepower. I mean, all the cops around here would, I'd be in jail. Amen? If I had one of those NASCAR, that's why they're, they're only legal on the tracks. You ain't seeing somebody on Route 6 with one of those things. And if anybody be, it better be me. Amen? You have unlimited power on the inside of you. And it's like the engine's never turned on. It's like the engine's never turned on. God's put you in the driver's seat. He's given you the power. He's given you the gas pedal. I say he's given you the gas pedal. He's given you the transmission to put that thing in gear and get that thing moving and going. But we don't do it. Or watch this. We get filled with the Holy Ghost one time, speak in tongues, we never do it again. It's a daily thing, folks. It's a daily thing. My truck drinks a lot of gas. I drive a 2500 Chevy. So it don't get by too many gas stations, amen? It's not exactly eco-friendly, if we could say. It's not your Prius or Yaris or whatever. But if I didn't stop and put gas in that thing, this dummy would be broke down on the side of the road. Come on. I wouldn't get nowhere. You know, that thing goes from F to E, and some of y'all think E stands for enough. That means empty. All right? Empty. Not enough. Empty. I've been in some of y'all's vehicles. You think, you know, I think the light's on. You're like, oh, she's good for another 100. No, she's not. Pull over. I'll put the gas in because I'm not walking. Amen? I'll pay to fill you up. We ain't walking. Amen? Come on. Some of y'all are laughing because that's you sitting out there. You do that. Some of y'all, your gas lights are probably on in the parking lot, riding home on fumes. Right? They're laughing because it's true. If you don't fill that car back up, you ain't going nowhere. Even with your Priuses or whatever they're called, they plug the things in. You don't charge that thing, it ain't going nowhere. That battery, it's like 10000 bucks for that car. You don't charge it, it's useless. Believers do the same thing with the Holy Ghost. I said believers do the same thing with the Holy Ghost. Each and every day, we're going through life without our comforter, our counselor, our helper, our intercessor, our advocate, our strengthener, and our standby power, and we don't ever tap into it once. It's untapped potential, which is the worst potential. Come on. Say, Joey over here is a pretty good basketball player, right? But say he was like, uh, what's that guy, Steph Curry? Say he had the potential Steph Curry had. He'd probably be playing for the Golden State Warriors or for whoever, right? Imagine he had that potential and never did anything with it. What a waste it would be, right? Well, my man could be making millions. Was that Bryce Harper to Philly sign? It was $330 million. That was a waste of money. For all you Philly fans, if you watch baseball, he's terrible. Picking on us Yankees fans about money. What a waste, $330 million. Untapped potential. How many believers, as I begin to close, how many believers have this potential on the inside of them? And it didn't come from man, it came from God himself. Notice I'm not screaming and shouting tonight. And you know why? Because I don't want people to think that I need to scream and shout to amp people up for the Holy Ghost. I could teach you this thing monotone, and it'll still have the same effect and power. Just because somebody screams and shouts, don't make them anointed. You can write that down. There's a whole bunch of folks. I, I've seen these TV preachers screaming and shouting. They don't have one drop of anointing. 
But people think they're annoying because they can scream and shout. Well, I told you. You know, you got to, it's like you're choking on something, brother. Sit down. Get it. It's true. Come on. Come on. And I'm not anti if you're one of those preachers. Just be anointed, amen? It doesn't make you anointed because you choke every third word. The anointing works monotone or screaming. Come on. Want proof for it? Jonathan Edwards, who held one of the greatest revivals this nation's ever seen, was the most monotone preacher you ever heard. And one day as he preached a sermon, sinners in the hands of an angry God up in New England, 3,000 people fell out under the power of the Holy Ghost. And they didn't even know what it was. He wasn't some wild shouting Pentecostal. He was as monotone as they came. And the Holy Spirit just hit the place. And 3,000 went out under the power of us. You don't have to scream and shout to get the Holy Ghost going. No, I like screaming. Amen. I think sometimes I release some stuff during that. It's very therapeutical. <laughs> I'm kidding. Scream and shout, monotone, it don't make a difference. The most important thing is... What are you doing? What's deposited on the inside? For people that are business people, in the sound of my voice, you have businesses. I thank God for Christian business people. Amen? Yeah, say you don't. I've seen some of you in the Chick-fil-A line. Amen. Or Hobby Lobby. Ladies. Yeah. American Express thinks I own stock in Hobby Lobby, thanks to my wife. Amen. <laughs> You're laughing like I'm joking. I told her, I said, just because they're Christian, they have other supporters too, honey. Amen. You don't have to be the only one. They'll get by without you for a week. I'm teasing. How many Christians, though, business people, if you put these principles in place? Watch this. Before you start your day. It's not something you've got to roll on the floor or scream and shout. Just before you know, start my day. Holy Spirit, I ask today you'd give me guidance. Give me wisdom to make the right decisions. Make the right investments. Come on, people that are investors, make the right investments. I don't know about you, but I want to make the right investments. I want my money working for me. How about you? Holy Spirit, show me what to do. Give me wisdom and insight. After all, God, watch this one. I'll give you a scripture to stand on when it comes to investments. Proverbs 13, 22, the wealth of the sinners laid up for the righteous. Holy Spirit, you said the wealth of the sinners laid up for the righteous. I'm investing on Wall Street. Show me the right decisions to make. And then just listen until he speaks to you. Maybe go on a fast. You'd be surprised. Right across the thing. Come on, business people. Holy Spirit, show me how to take this to the next level. How to scale. Watch this. Holy Spirit, give me an idea that nobody else has thought of. Jeff Bezos, when he's topped at Amazon, give me one better. Hey, that's not prideful, arrogant. You have the Spirit of God in you. You're a child of God. It belongs to you. If anybody ought to have it, the children of God ought to have it. I mean, I can't figure out why people have a problem with children of God having stuff. You are God's child. Uh, ground control to Major Tom, God has a lot of stuff. I said God has a lot of stuff. You're going to be surprised you're going to get to heaven. It's not going to look like the ghetto of Philly where we were the other night. I thought Ron took a wrong turn. He says, boss, you sure you know where we're going here? He says, you want to drive? I said, I can't. My feet are sunburned. Amen. <laughs> I'm telling the truth. That's like a needle park or something. Right? <laughs> that ain't what heaven's going to look like. FYI, read Revelation. The Bible says the streets are paved with gold. Whew. I like gold. How about pavement made out of it? 
I tell you all the time, PennDOT can't get it right with blacktop. Thank God God's got gold for streets. Jesus said he's preparing a mansion for you. Diamond and jasper and onyx and pearly gates. I'm here talking about one huge pearl. Whew. Walls 13 miles high. Good Lord, that's a wall. I just heard on the news yesterday, President Trump's getting his funding for the wall. Heaven's got a real wall. 13, whether you like Trump or not, that's not the point. I'm sure he'll build a nice wall or whatever, but heaven's 13 miles high with diamonds and jasper and onyx and precious stones, and you're worried about what? God's got a lot of stuff. I said, God's got a lot of stuff. So why not ask him, Holy Spirit, how do I obtain some of that? How about some revelation on what to do with my business? Watch this. I meet Christians all the time that tell me they got a dream. And I love it. You should have a dream, amen? How many of you know you should have goals? Three of us. You should have goals. Spiritually, some of us physically. I'll close my eyes on that one. Uh, relationally, emotionally, financially. You ought to have goals in your life. The Bible tells you to write the vision down, make it plain. Though it tarry, it will surely come to pass. That's great if you have a dream, but a dream might be your motivation or the inspiration, but if you don't have the motivation to carry that thing out, that dream's going to the graveyard with you. Come on, how many books that are never written are in the graveyard? How many businesses are in the graveyard? Come on. A dream's useless unless you've got motivation to carry the thing out. So why not say to the Holy Spirit, the Bible said that he'll do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask, imagine, or think in Ephesians 3.20. Why not say, and then he says this, according to the Spirit that's at work within you. So why not say, Holy Spirit, you're within me. You've given me this dream. Show me how to unfold that thing. Whew. Show me how to carry that thing out. Show me how to obtain that thing. Show me how to do what others haven't done. I'm trying to help you tonight, teaching you here, folks. There is one on the inside of you that knows everything. I said he knows everything. He's your comforter. He's your counselor. He's your helper. He's your intercessor. He's your advocate, your strengthener, and your standby power. Then watch this. That he may remain with you for how long? For how long? Just because you've blown it, he's still with you. I said just because you've blown it, he's still with you. All you got to do. The Bible says if we'll confess our sins... 1 John 1, 9. He's faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. He's with you forever. You might have blown it. It's time to confess it. Move on. I told you. Condemnation is the enemy of this thing. If I, I, I'll, I'll tell this. Because God can't lie and God can't fail. If you'll put these practices to work in your life every day, you'll obtain everything you ever wanted to obtain and furthermore in every area of your life. In every area. Amen? Nathan, next scripture. Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Welcome, take it to its heart. Because it does not see him or know and recognize him. Watch this. But you know and recognize him. For he lives with you. Lives with you what? And he'll be in you. I'm going to close it off here. Otherwise, that's a whole different sermon. But the Holy Spirit's in you. Watch this. And he's also upon you. 
I said, the Holy Spirit's in you, and He's also upon you. He's in you, but He's upon me. You see, He dwells in me, but He's upon me. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He goes on about preaching the good news, the news of the poor, and proclaiming the year of the Lord, all the stuff. But the Spirit of the Lord is upon, but He's also within. He's in you, and He's upon you. I don't have time to show it to you tonight, but in John chapter 20, Jesus breathes, blows on the, whole, on the disciples. And what does He say? Receive you the Holy Ghost. Watch this. That was the Holy Spirit getting in them. Salvation. That's when the disciples got really got saved. Jesus didn't go to the cross. They couldn't be saved till he, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. You tracking with me? John 20, he blows his breath on them and says, Receive you the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Spirit got on the inside of them. But then he tells them to wait. Then he tells them, Wait. You'll receive power from on high. Go, Terry, it'll come. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You blew on us. It's, it's in us. We have the power. Wait a minute. You've got to wait. Because it's in you, but it's got to come upon you. Second work of grace. I said second work of grace. So we get over in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where it says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit does what? Comes upon you. He's already in you when you get saved. But there's a second work of grace called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's where we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. But he is upon you, and he's within you. And if he's upon you, he's anointed you to do something for him. I said he's anointed you to do something for him. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is in us, but he's also upon us, Father. I pray tonight, God, and this week we'd have a greater revelation of this John chapter 14, that what you've actually called us to do, that you have not only called us to do it and left us as orphans, as it says in the next verse, God, but you have empowered us to do it. And we know the Holy Spirit is not only in us, but upon us. I pray this week would be a week like we've never had before, where this revelation just rings true in our hearts, in our souls, in our minds, in our being, and radiates around us, that we understand that your Spirit is in us, but it's also upon us. I pray this week is a week of changing levels for everybody in the sound of my voice, like they've never seen before in Jesus' name, because the working of the Spirit in them, but also upon them. I praise you for it, Father. I thank you, Lord, that every good and perfect gift comes down from you. Oh, Father, we praise you. We honor you and we magnify you, God. In everything we do, may we know that it is you working in us and upon us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I'm going to give you one last scripture before we receive the evening tithe and offering, and I'll turn you loose. Turn over with me to Psalm chapter 1. I told you I'd do this every week for you because I want to strengthen your faith in the area of giving but also in receiving. Amen? In the area of giving and receiving. Amen? Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 1, in verse 1. Offering ushers, you can get ready. We're going to receive an offering here in a minute. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, or the Word of God. On his law he meditates day and night. Watch this, verse 3. Here's the benefits. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, that yields, free, yields fruit in every season. His leaves will never wither. In everything he does, he prospers. Everything he does. Everything, say that when we say, everything I do, everything I do. 
has to prosper. Come on, everything I do has to prosper. Everything I touch has to prosper. In Jesus' name. Everything he does prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff in the wind that drives away. Well, I want to read it in the Amplified real quick. Nathan, take it back to verse 1. Just curious how it says it here. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and inevitable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly following their advice. Hello? That's why my father, you know, and he's not in the room, so I don't get any points for this. My father is a genius building this property. You know why? Because he had another man of God build this building. Rob Grimm, Grimm Construction, built this and built everything. And every building we've had, everything we've built, we haven't, we haven't gone to the ungodly for it. No, we hire Christians. The Bible says you're blessed in the counsel of what? Godly people. How many, watch this, how many Christian people, and I won't get off preaching this and just hit the with this, how many Christian people are getting their counsel from ungodly people and wondering why they got problems? You got some crook who's a used cars salesman selling you cars and you wonder why you got issues. Come on. Come on. I can say that because I used to work in the car industry. There's a lot of crooks around here. We'll just say it like that. Following their advice, their plans, and purposes. Nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk. Nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. Next verse. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. And on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God. Hello? What, what, what I gave you tonight? The teachings of God. Amen? He habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. And then, back it up. Gives you a couple scriptures there. I'm telling you, you've got to get an Amplified Classic Bible. It'll help your life tremendously. It helps mine in studying because it really helps you show, and then it shows you the scriptures related to it. Look at Galatians 3. How about that? That's tied in with that when I talked about redeemed from all the curse. Amen? Go ahead, Nathan. And he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaves also shall not fade nor wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. And then, watch, it shows you Jeremiah 17, where it says, Cursed is the one that leans on the arm of the flesh, but blessed are the children of God who listen to God's instruction. They're like a tree whose leaves are in the desert that are never wither. They'll prosper in every season. Jeremiah 17. Go ahead. Not so the wicked, those disobedient and living without God are not so. But they are like the chaff, worthless. I didn't say it, he did. <laughs> Dead, without substance, which the wind drives away. Isn't that amazing? God has a plan to bless you. I said, God has a plan to bless you. Is that what his word just said? You'll prosper in every season. Everything I put my hands to. Now, watch this. You've got to get a revelation on the inside before you can have a manifestation. You know why I go at things with confidence? I, 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 look, some of y'all know me. i got a business mind. I'm not only a preacher. This boy knows some about some stuff about business, too. Hello? Believe me, this ain't my only source of income. We'll just say it like that. Right? But I realize I can go at any business and I'll never fail. Because of who my God is. Because he said, I must prosper in every season. He said in Deuteronomy 28, whatever I put my hand to has to prosper. So I command my businesses to prosper. 
I come in whatever vision, dream, idea God gives me, it must prosper. It must work for me in my favor. You ought to speak like that too. Don't get quiet. I mean, that's what the Word of God says. That's the problem. The devil's got your mind sidetracked on something else, and you don't think this is really for you. No, this is truth concerning you and your business, concerning you and what God has for you. It's not arrogance. It's confidence. The Bible says now we have this confidence to boldly go before the throne room of grace. It's confidence in who your God is, that he'll cause me to prosper in every season. He'll cause everything my hand touches to prosper. He'll cause money to come my way. He'll cause goodness and mercy to chase me. Read it. You know, I don't got time to get tonight. Psalm 23. When he talks about your cup running over, what does the words in Hebrew actually mean? It means your purse or your money bag. Look it up for yourself. Look it up. Don't take my word for it. Do the Hebrew research for yourself. My cup runneth over. It's your money bag is overflowing. I didn't make it up. It's his Hebrew word. Amen? Not my fault you serve a Jewish God. Come on. How many broke Jews you know? Not too many. Amen? Say this with me. I'm commanded and assigned to prosper in every season. In every season. I'll never know lack. I'll never know uh, destitution. I'll never go without. In Jesus' name. Hey, everybody. I want to talk to you just for a moment about a relationship, a personal relationship, that is, with Jesus Christ. You know, um, life is all about love. It's uh, not about religion. It's about a relationship with God's only Son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16. So I want to encourage you today. The Bible says, Have faith in God. Simply believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that God the Father raised His Son, Jesus Christ, from the grave, and thou shalt be saved. That's the promise of salvation. So right now, today, by faith, you can pray with me and receive Christ in your heart. And God says that you'll have your name recorded in the Lamb's Book at Life. Uh, you'll be at peace with God. And so just simply by admitting that you need God's help, by believing in Christ and confessing, Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. So it's literally that simple. You say, man, I've been, you know, a Catholic all my life, or I've, I go to the, this church or that church. Those things are all well and fine, but that's not what gets us to heaven. Let me be abundantly clear to you. It's about confessing Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and having that vibrant relationship with God's only Son. That's, that's what gets us to heaven. It's what Christ did on the cross, and it's by us receiving that grace and that forgiveness and living in that. And so let's pray together. Heavenly Father, today, uh, I thank you for people watching. I know that you hear our prayers, and I know that you answer our prayers. And so God, today, for people that are watching out there, we're gonna pray this prayer, and, and I'm gonna ask you just to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart, change my life. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for the work on the cross. Help me to live for you now the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Congratulations, that's the most important decision a person will ever make. And we'd love to help you if you call us or write us. Uh, you know, look us up on Facebook, um, go to our website. 
or all over social media, or perhaps even at one of the weekend services, we would love to be able to encourage you in your journey of faith. Until next time, may God's richest blessing.